Have you ever found yourself wondering, what else can I listen to on the Osiris Network? Here's another great podcast you can check out. Hey, what's up? This is Mike Fenoya, host of Amigos Podcast here on the Osiris Network. What is Amigos Podcast? Well, I am a stand-up comedian, writer for True TV's Impractical Jokers, and a music freak. So I invite my pals to come talk music, comedy, and everything in between. So uh, if you want to come hang, we'd love to have you. Thank you. This is Donnie B, Female Centrics. We are the first female-hosted fish community podcast. And we are back in the studio after a long three-month hiatus for episode 56 here. And today we are going to the my host with me today is Miss Mary Lodge and we are going to be interviewing Elizabeth Beck who is the author of the book Summer Tour and we are also going to be discussing the first two shows with uh, Trey at the Beacon Theater so I'm first to say hello to Miss Mary hello Hi, Don. Thanks so much for having me I'm so excited we're doing this I missed being here doing this me too. I'm really excited to talk about this book too. This was like um, a real summer treat to have the book and now um, be able to discuss it. I'm super, super excited that you invited me to be part of this conversation. Well, and I love that. I didn't even realize that you were you had been reading it too. And then Elizabeth told me that uh, you had reached out to her as well. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. You were like driving across country reading it, I believe, which is even better. Yes, absolutely. And I actually look forward to talking to Elizabeth about that because, um, and I'll save some of my comments about that, but yeah, as I was reading it, I was on a family trip, um, driving out to Colorado to see my brother and my brother-in-law and all their families. And so it was great to be reading this book because that sense of adventure that comes from fish tour, um, even though that was missing this summer, um, I kind of got to have a taste of it about while reading the story and taking my own little trip. So uh, before we take a quick break to introduce uh, Elizabeth onto the show, I just want to talk real quick about the um, new podcast that, that Osiris has called Groove Therapy. So we have another woman podcast within the um, Osiris media family now. And uh, yes, it's called Groove Therapy. And again, this is uh, with Tara Lee Weathers, who we interviewed way back at the beginning of um, our one of one of our first uh, um, episodes of female centrics and she is doing an ep- uh, podcast with dr. Leah Taylor and they've got some pretty big names on uh, there already so they opened up with uh, Joel Cummings they've had Reed Mathis and their latest episode is with Keller Williams and uh, the description is what exactly happens in our minds and bodies during live music can it help us heal and grow explore these questions and more with your favorite musicians and learn from health and wellness experts how to live your best life every day 
So when you please get a chance and subscribe to Groove Therapy and you can check out all the other podcasts on Osiris. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Elizabeth Beth. Beck. <laughs> Well, we are back, Mary and myself. We are here and we are going to introduce our guest today, Elizabeth Beck. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good. I'm doing great, Elizabeth. Nice to finally have you on the show. Thank you so much. This is a blast. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm super psyched we made it happen. You know, like I was uh, just saying in the intro, how it's been my last episode went out on July 11th. And, you know, you get caught up in the summer and just the craziness of everything going on. And then it's just a week goes by and a week goes by. And, and I'm like, we need to do this. And so the three of us have been trying to get this together for a good month now. So yay, we did it. <laughs> it's perfect timing. I'm glad I'm glad to be here right now and be talking about it, even though we're ending summer. So that's okay. That's a good position to be in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, Elizabeth, we're going to start uh, our interview the way the same question I ask all of our guests. So, if you could just start off with uh, letting telling us about your fish story. How'd you get into this circus? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was a natural progression um, stemming from the Grateful Dead. Uh, I graduated from high school in 1986. And um, went to as many Grateful Dead shows as possible in undergrad. And by 92, you know, all the kids were talking about fish, 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 fish. Um, and so I jumped right in and uh, made the transition and have loved both bands uh, all the way through ever since. It's been a great ride. Mm hmm. So um, sorry. Uh, so you uh, wrote this book summer tour and but this is not your first book this is just your first like a debut book right of fiction correct yes that's exactly right i'm a poet um i've published uh three three collections of poetry uh with uh regional presses here mm -hmm. um prior to this and then summer tour is my my first uh full-length fiction nice nice um now, what, uh, so you were doing poetry beforehand, and which I'm assuming, because you are an English teacher? You're a teacher, correct? Yep, that's, a, that's right, yep. For high school? Um, yes, um, actually, I've taken a leave of absence right now, but um, I uh, taught in the public schools for uh, about 20 years, uh, middle school, high school, and I've taught on the college level, too. Uh, creative writing, speech and drama, uh, communications, and, uh, and and literature. I love it. I, I love being a teacher. Nice, nice. Yeah, I teach the little ones, but Mary's up, Mary's up there in the high school. With you, yeah, I'm also a, I'm also a teacher. I work at um also in a high school. I'm a special education teacher. Oh, awesome! Yeah, the angels of the education world, girl. <laughs> That's you right there. Well, it doesn't feel like. I mean, we're all angels now working in this uh, field during this yeah, pandemic. You, you absolutely are. Yeah, this was, uh, you know, a time in my life where I needed to take a step back, um, you know, for for health reasons, for, for my family. 
And, um, you know, also because not only have I, you know, released summer tour in June, I've been busy this whole time writing the next book. And, um, I really wanted to commit my time and my energies, um, you know, to these books right now. And, and so it's, it's just a leave of absence. I'm not, you know, retired. I didn't resign or anything like that. And we'll see, we'll see how it evolves and we'll see how it grows and changes as everything does. Right. Yeah, I well, I think that's really exciting. And I mean, as someone who also has been working in this field, you know, right now it's such a precarious time. And I think it's awesome that you have um, something that you're also inspired by that's keeping you busy during this time. And you can actually focus on that. You have that opportunity, um, you know, because I think there's a lot of teachers out there right now who feel like, what else could I be doing in there? Um thinking about those options and not feeling maybe brave enough to pursue them. Um, so I think it's wonderful that you both have the, op- you know, you have the opportunity and you have something that's um, certainly can keep you busy for a long time. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Um, These projects are, are phenomenal, you know, and everything's leading to yet another project. And um, I'm just brimming with ideas right now. Um, for example, uh, in the next book that I'm that I'm finishing right now, the second manuscript, World Gone Mad, one of the characters that you know, Chris, yeah. uh, pursues becoming a chef, and his goal now has become to audition for Master Chef, which is really super cool. Um, I cook a lot. I'm uh, just a home chef, not a professional by any means. It's a hobby, but um, I'm in you enjoy my foods on Facebook mm-hmm. um, a with a bunch of fans and mm. phenomenal, phenomenal chefs on there. So um, one of the next projects I would like to um, focus on next year is um, pulling together an anthology of recipes of oh fans. God, so cool. mm-hmm. and, and I think it would be much more interesting than just my recipes. I would be, I would love to edit it and, you know, put a submission uh, thing together and do an all call and, just, you know, have all the fans bring in. And then it kind of ties in the dinner and a movie thing that we had going on all spring. We were graced with doing all that and everybody, you know, posting their recipes and mm-hmm. their foods and having fun with all of that. I just, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, an important yes. element of, of food in our community stemming from the Grateful Dead through fish on the lot in the scene and part of our world, you know? Oh my gosh. I feel yeah. like, you know, just how you said you're brimming with ideas. I feel like even with a cookbook, you could go in so many different directions. Like I, yeah. I immediately started thinking about like a collection of lot recipes. Well, yeah. And getting like some of the right? best cheeses. Well, I mean, you could go in so many directions. I, I could. Okay, so, so I go was going to say, I could, I could definitely uh, bless you with my uh, shitty burrito recipe from 97. And so it's totally not like. Oh, yeah. You, you needed, you know. Oh, there's section you, you need to elevate, elevate it. So, okay, Mama Vo, if you're listening, you need to, you know, throw in and give us, because you're the queen, reigning queen of the lot food right now, right? So let's give her a shout out. Who is that? Who? And hopefully she'll contribute. Ma- uh, Mama Vo. Ooh, what does she uh, make? The lady who does the, um, yeah, the, you know, the kids in summer tour love eating there. So uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. she's real. She's a real person. <laughs> Well, every you know that's the thing about summer tour is that yes, it's a piece of fiction, but it's it's densely steeped in research, authentic to the point where I was, you know, researching the number of miles between every venue, the KOA or the RV sites where the kids would stay, what restaurants they would eat at. Um, you know, I wasn't wow. at the St. Louis show. I was 
um, on, you know, fish chicks. What time did it rain? What kind of rain was it? Where was Shakedown? Where, where was the Ben and Jerry's truck? What kind of ice cream did they have? You know, I just really wanted to represent our community and celebrate our community. And, and to do so, you need to be as authentic as possible. So, um, you know, it was a blast doing all that research for sure. Well, it, it is evident um, the length to which you went to gather that information because I, well, first of all, I want to say I reached out to Dawn because whenever I read about female centrics, um, <laughs> That's right. I immediately oh, yeah. <laughs> was like, oh my God, you're famous. You're in a book. Like, That's you know, right. and um, I took a picture of the page and I texted her right away. <laughs> oh, and, I love that. I love it. Love it. Yeah. And the, um, and, you know, I made a list of some of the things that I feel like, um, you know, I want to be able to touch upon, but, um, you know, just from different Facebook groups to phrases and like the language within, within the culture, um, references to different artists, shows like the, the extent to which you gathered research, um, it's evident, you know, and, and I, that's something I loved as a fan because I just feel like we, that's what we love about this band and the community the familiarity and, familiarity right i'm not saying yeah that. and it's something yeah. i think special that that we find unique to our com- exact our community and culture that it just was nice seeing it on the pages and seeing that shared kind of experience we have with it well, um, and it's been my passion. It's been my life. You know, I, I when I started going to shows in 92, you know, and then all of us have our, our different relationships over the years with Fish where, you know, we've been on and off and, you know, they had the one breakup time conveniently for me to, you know, take some time off and, you know, have a baby and get yep. married and um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> do these other weird things we do between shows and things like that. But um, you know, the original manuscript uh, was written about seven years ago with a, a writer in town named Gurney Norman, who okay. is the author of a book called Divine Rights Trip. Okay. And um, he's a beat culture writer, hung out with Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters and, you know, that little band, the Warlocks and mm-hmm. um, out in Palo Alto, California. Um, so in the original manuscripts, you know, it was that Sam went to Maywood, Ohio and Sam did recover from his grief and find his place in the universe with this community of friends. But it wasn't, it wasn't set. Obviously it was seven years ago. It wasn't set in tour. Um, There was one, I created one show for the kids to go to and I had them go to Deer Creek because um, I, I went to college at the university of Cincinnati and then graduate school at Xavier and taught in Cincinnati public for years and years. So Deer Creek became like my, you know, sacred mythological, beautiful place to see the Grateful Dead and grow up there with them, with Jerry, and then transition with Fish. So I made up a show and made up kind of an experience for the kids to have. Um, And then uh, last fall, my son graduated from high school and went on to college. And I pulled the manuscript out of a drawer. And I had um, a revelation through getting to know Peter Connor's memoir, Growing Up Dead. And I realized, oh, my God, I need to revise this entire manuscript and put it on tour, like put these kids on tour and make it real. Summer tour 2019, right? 
So I'm going to go to the bone and, and, and the whole spiel. So it was this huge revelation. I deconstructed, a, a I guess the manuscript was about 48,000 words. It wasn't that long. And deconstructed the entire thing and reconstructed a 90,000 word manuscript in the course what? of like six months on like this crazy tear. I could not, I couldn't stop, you know, like it right. was just so fun. And Peter, I reached out to him. He was so supportive and kind. Now, you know, his is a memoir. Mine's a piece of fiction. His is celebrating Grateful Dead in that community getting on the bus. Uh, mine mm -hmm. is celebrating fish getting on the train, um, you know, and, and his was 1986. Mine's uh, 2019. But women, I will tell you, I, I could have had no understanding whatsoever when Kevin and I were flying to New York for Madison Square Garden, New Year's Eve, so I could be at the show to figure out how I was going to finish this manuscript. But what I was really doing was kind of capturing an end of an era, um, mm -hmm. as we know it, right. for quite a, quite a while, women. I mean, I, I think back, like, okay, so, so here's, here's my husband and me on, on the floor, <sighs> Madison Square Gardens. It was just You're going to make me cry, right? Elizabeth. <laughs> I know, guys. It's true, though. And, and and so then at set break, we we just sit right down, right? We've got our garbage bags where we've put our our coats in, and we've befriended the guys in front of us and next to us, and blah 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 blah. And I I just don't know how how soon I'm going to feel comfortable, right, with that level of physical intimacy. That you know, mm -hmm. part of our scene of the Grateful Dead and Fish is breathing each other in. You know, when Trey writes about us being, you know, parts of, you know, sand and, you know, the beach and, you know, all the metaphors and mm -hmm. things that he likes to use in his lyrics these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Jerry was teaching us that, you know, and our parents' generation that um, same concept that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just didn't know. I didn't know what I had in my hands. And I'm really excited that, that, I, that it became my passion project and that I, I had an opportunity to lend my voice to the conversation of capturing that era. And it will exist. The music will always exist. And <laughs> it will evolve. Mm -hmm. I'm just so, saying for what we know it to be for right there. And so, so go ahead, Mary. Oh, no, no, please, Don, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so, so Elizabeth, you were on the floor for New Year's then. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I knew, that, I knew the kids were going to go to the show, um, but... I was like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? I was like, ah! I, Kevin, we need to be there. Like, we have to be there. Like, the whole scene with the seven-foot woman and the eight-foot man, like, mm -hmm. that, I can't make that shit up, right? Like, <laughs> you've so, got to be there to experience it so I, that you you can write about Can you that. explain that, that scene? <laughs> you know, I... This whole thing about, you know, tarpers and territory and, sure. you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I, I'm not one to elbow up. I've never rode the rail or what have you. Um, you know, that's not part of my generation. I'm, I'm a little older, right, than the kids. And, and I'm all down. I think all the women, shout out, all the women on the rail, please. Because when we stream and we're watching it all over the country, we would really rather see your pretty selves <laughs> than... Um, <laughs> than all those dudes. Um, anyway, having said that, so, you know, those territorial things. And so, so yes, a very, very tall woman um, stood in front of me and I, I, I was Taylor. I let Taylor have my lines in the book. Um, but I, you know, was basically like, Hey, you know, could you just step over? You know how like 
when you're, how do you explain it for people who haven't been at shows? I guess nobody who's never been at shows is listening to this, but you know, you've uh -huh. got your like universe and you're just like, just step two steps over. That's all I'm right. asking. Right. And she went off on me and told me how entitled I was and that I obviously had never been to a fish show before <laughs> and God. that I, you know, had absolutely no business, um, you know, staking territory. And then um, I pulled my move. I said, you know what? I'm a bitch. I am the worst bitch you've ever met in your entire life. And I don't know why you would want to spend the rest of your night next to somebody who's going to make you absolutely miserable. I mean, I was just uh, like, so, and it worked. She laughed. Fuck <laughs> it. So then Dawn at the next set break, uh -huh. um, the sweet guys who were behind us, the, the group of fraternity boys who were my son's age, tapped me on the shoulder and they were like, Elizabeth, look. And sure enough, somebody else, not me, I swear it wasn't me, <laughs> oh. um, put a big old sticker on her back and said, what did it say? Ch <laughs> I chomp, I back off, I bite or I chomp or, oh my gosh. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that poor lady. <laughs> right. Well, so my husband's six foot eight and so he won't go down up front with me at all. So if I'm like if I'm going to a show and I want to be up front, then I'm doing it on my own, you know, sort of things. So he's well, just subconscious of it. I, mean, yeah. I get it. Yeah. My husband's six two. He mm -hmm. always stands to the side. He's always conscious of it. You know what I mean? He's not trying to get into people's, you know, territory or whatever, you know. Oh, you guys, the luxury of discussing territory and um horrible tarpers and all of that. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that's a nice world to float in. Let's float I, in that world. I know. Um I'm I actually before we keep going with content, I want I want to know about the process with this book because if you are saying that it was last fall, so summer tour would have ended. It ended. I started revising it before Dick's. So okay. it was like in August. It was, you know, maybe July, August, right? And so you were by um, New Year's, you were searching for your ending. So when ending. when was this project like finished and sent to the printer before? Well, it, it was it was it ended by the end of January. Okay. And, wow. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a, a, a finished polished manuscript at the end of January. And then... Um, you know, the decision to publish it myself came from the response to the to the everything canceling, right? Because wow, okay. I was trying to I was trying to get a what I'm trying to do right now with World Gone Mad. The next book is you do a process of trying to get a literary agent so you can be published with a press, and I did that for summer tour uh, in February. I sent out a bunch of query letters. And didn't get picked up. I, literary agents don't love fish. I mean, <laughs> I just I don't understand it. <laughs> Have you had people outside of fish know. get in touch with you about it or be interested in the book at all? Well, they are. And purposely set up the protagonist, Sam, had never heard of fish. So yes. in the first pages, when he uh -huh. refers to it, he even, yeah. I spell it F-I-S-H. Yeah. And I did that on purpose. Um, you know, I, I, I allow the reader. Okay, so... If you've never heard of fish before, you're guided in by Sam and you will not feel stupid because Sam doesn't know anything and he's not shy about asking. And then for those who are in the know, I, I dropped a bunch of, um, what do they call those in video games? Uh, Easter eggs. Okay, yes. Mm -hmm. See, there's an aspect of the novel's a fairy tale. And the gingerbread house is Calico House and your, mm -hmm. your sweet witch is Karen. 
And then we have the the divine love story of all time with, mm-hmm. with Sam and Claire. We all love Sam and Claire. Mm-hmm. And of course we have our villain with Chad and um, that kind of thing. But um, um, I lost my train of thought, women. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I have no idea what I was talking about. Oh, well, sorry. We'll I pick picture uh, Claire to look like Kate Hudson from um, Almost Famous, by the way. Oh, I love that. Yep. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's yes, that's perfect. I love that. <laughs> For me, what, so one of the things I very much loved about um, the book is with that plot line um, it, of the, you know, the young kids. And I guess this was kind of my, you answered this question for me about, you know, how this was set as more of um, a current story versus, you know, tours long ago or shows long ago. Um, but what I liked about it being with this younger group is that it had the coming of age story. Um, but also as an older fan, um, I was able to appreciate that um, excitement when I was a senior in high school, learning about fish myself, going off to college and kind of finding my identity and finding my place in this music world. Um, but as somebody who's 43 reading it, like the joke about Trey's new music and goes to the forest and like <laughs> the kids not wanting to hear that kind of stuff. I was just like, okay, like I appreciate that newer music because I love where I've gone with this band. Um, but I loved reading it, you know, about through the eyes of the younger crowd. Oh, thank you. And you know, Mary, that comes completely from being a teacher. And you know, I think it's important. My son just graduated high school. I've been tapped in. Um, you know, so I'm kind of. I feel like I, I try to plug in as much as possible to create that authentic sensibility. Um, and I hope that this is, you know, generational, that the kids are, you know, I, I like it that older readers really felt like I captured their nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was very proud of keeping it. And t- listen, the scene, this story really wouldn't have existed the way it did, though, in uh, 1992, 94, 96, when I was going to shows, I was the only girl. Right. I mean, when I say only girl, I mean... <laughs> Like, uh, and then there'd be like maybe a couple other girls that were dragged there with their guy friends, but then like, I didn't know them. So it wasn't like it is now where you're like, oh, you're a fish chick. So automatically you're my sister. I'm going to say hello, you know, things like that. And I think that that power right there of, of the women coming in and being the matriarch of the, the fish community, I think is essential because in the great photo community, you know, it was a very feminist community. I mean, women are smarter. It, you uh-huh. know, that was the philosophy. So, well, well, what? Oh no, Don, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So, um, <clears throat> um, and I, I liked how. So I related to the, you know, Aunt Karen because I feel like she was more our age, and so it was kind of like that classic of like a lot of us were turned on to fish by older brothers, siblings, camp counselors, that sort of thing. Where and. Uh, Aunt Karen sort of played that role um, with that. And, you know, talking about the youth piece of it, I think that you did a really great job relating to that um, freshness. And, and um, you know, you could tell that you have a teenager, so you're, you know, synced up with that, you know. And, you know, last year, so... Um, when I interviewed Bella 
uh, I was able to go when I was in Providence, I was able to hang out with her and her crew on the floor and they're just babies, you know, I mean, not babies, but you know what I mean? Like just these, and it's just, yeah, it's just this new fresh generation of fish fans and uh, they are super like, I don't know, exuberant and, and I don't know. It's just interesting. You know, when, when I came into the dead, I'm, uh, I caught Jerry twice and I, w- I was the baby, you know, and I never really f- quite right. felt. Uh, right. Yeah. It took me a while to grow into the dead scene, you know, just because it, it wasn't mine, but like with, with fish, we grew up with fish, you know? So right. yeah. Now hold on your hat, Don. I got the third manuscript cause I just finished world gone mad. So mm-hmm. now I'm querying that so I can get that published, which picks up with the kids from summer tour in August of 2019 and then overlaps okay. New Year's Eve. And then, you know, I mean, it, they're seniors in high school. So the pandemic hits and Black oh, Lives wow. Matter and wow. cancellation of prom and cancellation of graduation. And, wow. you know, how many get Sam out of the boarding school in New Hampshire and his dad's been in China. And um, we've got a wedding going on because Luke prepared, you know, proposed to Karen and is Claire going to get into Parsons and what's Christopher going to do? And is Taylor going to, you know, go to Kenyon or is she going to go to Wilberforce now or Spellman or Howard now that Black Lives Matter? So that's what this book deals with. But Don, the book, I just finished that one. And now the third one and flashback and girls hold on to your hat. It's Karen's <laughs> story, 1979. <gasps> The year that Karen is in eighth grade, or no, I'm sorry, sixth grade, and Maggie is going into ninth grade, and okay. it's the year they left the commune and bought the Calico House, which is not the Calico House at that time. It's just a white Dutch colonial, just a plain house in Maywood, Ohio, but the parents oh, moved really cool. the kids out. So right now, I'm steeped in all things 1979. You know, I'm going to ask you, why, why, why does Super Tramp have to take the long way home? <laughs> no, I mean, this is the world I'm in right now. It's so much fun. Oh, well, my gosh. I, I have to say that's one of the things that I um, really liked about this book. Like, you know, so I like my, my thoughts are going everywhere, but I'm going to try to like bring it together. So what I liked about the book was how the characters um, reflected on like the literary world and the music world so much. Mm. Like, for example all the little references you make about, um, you know, noticing the music that was playing in the background at his aunt's house, or like when you Mm -hmm. notice somebody wearing um, a t-shirt for a certain band and you like have that connection to them. And then with books that we've read, like I loved all the um, books, like um, references to the goldfinch and then references to catcher in the rye and all these books that are meaningful to people who like books and then bringing that to fish. And then like the little things that you did, like quotes to start each chapter and how that would influence some, somewhere the character was going. I mean, how many times have I used a fish lyric to um, be my status update on Facebook or, um, you know, to caption a picture I've put on Instagram. And so just that, Full kind of for me a full circle connection and that literary and musical world I thought was really done in a clever way. Um, Thank you. I mean, I I so appreciate that, Mary. I um, I actually had a song lyric lyric for every single chapter of Summer Tour, 
originally and my my writer partner um made me remove a bunch of them because it weighted down with all of the set lists that were right. in there it was too much so um so when i finished world gone mad i attended the kentucky women writer conference a couple weeks ago here and um during the conference at zoom right um i decided okay i'm gonna lay in the epigraphs for world gone mad and there's 42 chapters and I decided that since Fish could play Madison Square Garden, Baker's Dozen, and do 13 shows with never repeating a song in 13 shows, and I could find an original song epigraph for not only all 42 chapters of this book, but also all the chapters in Summer Tour. And I did it. <laughs> and, I was, and I was so excited because the craft of doing that is exactly what you noticed, Mary, and I so appreciate you noticed it, that I really take the time to have that particular lyric really reflect on either the tone, the mood, the action, the plot, something that's going on in that it's very specific to the chapter. It's not an arbitrary, oh, here, let me just, you know, throw this in. toss on some fish. Um, and so it was really um, laborious, as you can imagine. I really struggled with the title I originally had it called Paradise Lost because that's how it felt to me. You know, we went from summer tour to Paradise Lost. Right. But for a million reasons I won't get into now, it didn't work for me. And I mean, oh my gosh, it, it took me like 10 days. I could not find the title of this book. I could not find it. Well, women, it was, I had deconstructed the song more from the very beginning to the end of the entire book, not realizing what I was doing, not in the epigraphs, mm. but in what Claire said or over here or, um, okay, so so they decide to have social distance prom for six in the backyard of Claire and Christopher's house since they cancel prom. So it's just going to be the six of them. And it's in May, right? And I started thinking, well, what are the kids going to do after they eat, right? And I was like, well, shit, they're going to they're gonna do dinner in a movie. So why would they have prom for six on a Saturday? I mean, there's no rules. Everything's canceled anyway. We're in strict quarantine. Remember what May was like, you know? Mm -hmm. So I made it with dinner in a movie. Well, I had to pick like the exact month or the exact weekend or Tuesday in May that would give me enough time for them baccalaureate and graduation thereafter and pulled up the set list and what's the last song of the show but more and that chapter ends with the children singing you know there must be something more than this in a world gone mad world gone mad there must be something more than this and i was like oh my god there's my title oh world gone mad that is perfect hey we're gonna we're, <laughs> we're gonna take just a, a quick break and we will be right back to talk more about summer tour and start talking about uh, the beacon theater too we'll be right back All right, welcome back, everybody. And we are well, Donnie B, and we're with uh, Mary. And our guest today is Elizabeth Beck, who wrote the book Summer Tour. So we are 
talking all about her book. And uh, so I wanted to go into, because you specifically went with last summer, which was, you know, the summer of 2019. And for me specifically, it's interesting being so East Coast girl and a mama and all that. And so now it's like, if, if the band's not somewhat within the five state, <laughs> you know, area, then, you know, we're not, I'm not able to go to as many shows. And there was a couple of years there where New England was kind of getting stuck with, you know, we'd have to drive all the way out to New York or Jersey or whatever it is. Um, and last summer in particular, I was able to do eight shows. Uh, so I, uh, and to end off, you know, my last show was at Mohegan last year and it was my 25th anniversary show. And it was, uh, you know, oh, no, 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 sorry, Providence. I forgot about the two Providence shows, but still to have, oh, yeah, that's right. So eight shows in the summer and 10 total at this With point. My, yeah, exactly. At this point in my life to hit that much. And so I can't even fathom if it ended up happening this summer. You know, there's so many what ifs. I mean, I'm just a spoiled brat, you know, at least I got whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, so what shows did you go to uh, last year besides the New Year's show, Elizabeth and uh. Mar- and Mary? <laughs> Well, you know, Don, I'm glad you said that about your circumstances and not being able to catch all of the shows. My son graduated from high school um, in 2019. And as every parent knows, that dominates everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually took him and his best friend um, down to a beach house in Florida the entire week that I would have been a blossom, like all of the shows I could have accessed. Um, I was with my son who at that time, just for the record too, he was not even very nice to me the entire week. It was like the week from hell. (laughs) And and, and, and meanwhile, I'm streaming every single solitary show, like even at the beach, I'm like, okay, everybody shut up. It's the show, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, um, we made up for lost time. I got to see two shows last year that besides the Madison square garden, that made me really happy. Um, the bourbon and beyond, Festival is located in Louisville, Kentucky, which is only an hour from Lexington here in Kentucky. And Trey Anastasio Band was playing. So I got to go and see Trey there, which was lovely. And then I do have a great little story to make up for not having a good summer tour story. And that is uh, Trey's solo show, his acoustic show at the Victoria Theater in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I was so excited, you guys. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. I've never seen I've never seen Trey like stripped down just guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've seen Trey in a stage of band. I've seen Fish. I've even seen Trey with the orchestra. I've just never seen it like totally just him and a guitar. So I'm like, all right. So we drive today and it's only two hours away from here. Okay, we get to Victoria Theater. It is the smallest venue in the entire world. And there's no security, like none. I'm going to tell you, if that... <laughs> <laughs> that it happened in the 90s we would have burned that place down I mean, <laughs> we would have, and it was just I was dying laughing with my husband like at one point um I, I don't know after like two or three songs I went out to um vape nicotine and I came back in and like nobody asked me to take a stub like no, there, were, <laughs> there weren't like no ushers nothing so um I was counting on all of this because I had a dream 
that I wanted to gift Trey my books of poetry because I also weave fish lyrics into my poetry as well, not just in my fiction. And at this point, of course, I I have not even, I'm writing Summer Tour, but I haven't published it yet. It's Mm -hmm. so I just have my books of poetry, right? And it's very homespun. I mean, I just wrapped grow grain ribbon and I typed up this little heartfelt letter about, you know, how I, I, I've just carried fish with me in my life and, through so many trials and tribulations, including, you know, 26 hours of labor, you know, all to fish. And that was back in the day when my, my husband was like burning CDs so I could listen to nonstop. We didn't stream things back then, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Greatest thing and, ever. Um, so, so it was really fun. And we went to the Victoria Theater and we had a great time. Point of the matter is, is that I busted a move down at the end of the show and I waited for Trey to take his encore. And I took a deep breath and everybody was so nice down there. And there were just stairs going up to the stage and there was nobody around. So I just walked right up on the stage (gasps) and I stood there and I I felt, you know, so self-conscious, you know, maybe the 30 seconds I was standing there felt like five hours. Right. And he's taking his bows and doing his, you know, how rock stars are. And they're like pointing and pretending like they're talking to people or whatever the fuck they do. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, we Um, swear. It's okay. And so, So anyway, I just stood there and then he looks over and he flashes that tray smile and he tilts his head and he walked right over to me and I got nervous and I just shoved the books and I was like, thank you, Trey. And I don't know why it shocks me that he has good manners. He's my age. Of course he does. And he reached right out and shook my hand and he was like, well, thank you. This is so nice of you. Thank you so much. And I was like, thank you, Trey. And I did not take (laughs) Any more time. I mean, I zipped off that stage so fast because I was afraid. Well, partially I thought security was going to come and throw me out. I, Mary, I know you're biting at the bit right now. I'm sure you are because I am too because I can't tell you about. All right. Go ahead. You marry, you go. <laughs> well, no, I just, you know. Because you can hear our, the- our Trey solo stories too. It is so synced up with yours. It's crazy. Go well, ahead, Mary. I just, I know that this, you know, we could be talking for hours, Elizabeth. I feel like so much of what you've said just in your book, but also just from that story, we could yes. just be talking for days. So I'll try to make it quick. But yeah. Maybe we can all hook up on tour again. Yay! <laughs> That's right. Hopefully. No. Well, Maybe interestingly, Julia. when you brought up the... um. Trey, you know, solo shows when he did that, when he first did the tour and he just did three shows, I caught uh, the one in Northampton, Massachusetts, and also the one in Troy. And then Don was catching one. Was that in New Hampshire? That was the one in Portsmouth. Yep. Yep. So I caught the last of the three. Mm -hmm. You know, I had um, basically scoped out the scene because where he was playing again, super small theater, very intimate. And um, I ended up, you know, at the end of the show, taking advantage of the fact that there wasn't a lot of security and um, needed that moment to introduce myself. I wish I had like something that I had created, uh, you know, I just brought, oh, <laughs> I, I brought actually a picture. Yeah, you did. Given to me for my birthday, but it basically was a picture of like Trey with me photoshopped into it. And I wanted him to know, like, this was given to me, was like my most meaningful 40th birthday gift. Um, <laughs> and I had wanted him to sign it because of how meaningful he was to me but had to take advantage of that opportunity because um, I just needed him to know the impact he had on my life. And, you know, the opportunity just presented itself at that small 
uh, theater. And then Dawn was able to do the same thing herself. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we got the, so I got the inside scoop from Mary and then we had another friend the second night who got the inside scoop from Mary and did the same thing and it was successful. So I was totally planned the way my husband says it. Like I don't, you definitely wrote him a love letter. I'm like, it was just telling him, Oh yeah, fuck! I wrote him a love letter. It's fine. It was like it wasn't like an no, in I know. love I letter. Too. Listen, no yeah. doubt about it. And I mean, it was so from the heart. And, right? and I've got to believe. I mean, like we can, you know, guess who his personality is from what he's shared with us all these years. Mm-hmm. I know that. I know that that touches him. I mean, yeah. you know, like I, I know that they. I mean, I I have had a rare experience of of knowing a band not fish another band in, in, in the jam band scene. And, and they, they are, they're, they're excited when their fans make things for them and bring them things. And, yeah. you know, as long as it's not stockery and weird or whatever, I mean, I, and when I tell you I hightailed off of there, I wasn't, I wasn't up there to chat or interrupt. Yep. I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted, it was my dream. I wanted to give him my books. Yeah. I wanted him to know that I, you know, that I weave his lyrics into my heart and my literature and, you know, and, and what I do. Yeah, I I ended up I found like I I made like a picture collage of a bunch of pictures of me front row with him like like thumbs up like that kind of thing and then wrote the thing on the back and then I had one laminated and one already for him and I left like right at the end of the break and I just stood by his bus for like two like and sure shit he came right out and I was like hi I have this letter for you like you're everything. Can you sign this? Took a selfie. Me and, and he was unbeknownst warm to me, and, uh, I had no idea you guys were paving the road. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> yes. I mean, how do you not, you Everything. know, you, you broke the seal there and got him comfortable with strange older women coming up right. and throwing <laughs> yeah. themselves. You know, I mean, at least we're like nice about it. We bring him gifts. Right. Yeah. Know, like, oh, like, strip down or do something bizarre or whatever. And yeah, you know, right. I'm, not, I'm not trying to, impro- you know, encroach. I just, you know, I just want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, show, express my gentle gratitude. stalking, yeah, gentle stalking. Scary. That's what I've called it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I wonder, I wonder if the band has read the book. Have you, have they reached out? Have you gotten any feedback no. at all? No. no, I have, I have not. Um, you know, which, you know, Trey, honey, if you could just, you know, one picture on Instagram holding my book would get me a literary agent. That would be awesome. No, I'm kidding. And I say that <laughs> because I know that there are a lot of artists. You know, they cannot respond to all the artists. I will tell you this: in my advanced age, ha ha ha, I know human. I know human nature. So I'm going to guess that somebody, you know, over there, whether Bella or her dad or one of the other band members, if if there's a book written about you, wouldn't you want to read what they had to say? Yeah. Absolutely. Like curiosity. So maybe it's like not even them. Like maybe they have people because like, you know, there's they're a big corporation now. So like maybe they have like interns and stuff, but somebody read it. And I hope that they know. And I didn't write about them. They're not characters. You know, I would never presume to 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 do anything like that. So I, I just hope they 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 feel the love. That's all I need them to yep. know is the love. I well, so. I mean, just our just the I mean, and Mary and I were talking about this on the right beforehand is that how you know special it was to have female centrics mentioned within the book, but how many other really uh, important pieces were brought into the book, book, like pieces that are going on within our community now that really tied in that connection, you know? Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah. One of the things again, that I really loved about the book was, um, 
how you could talk about an experience. And it's something that people, I know many people have experienced themselves as part of this community or even just as a music fan. Like, and I know Don, you had asked like what shows we had caught um, during this particular summer tour that um, is referenced in the book. Yeah. So I, I was with you for a few the, of them there. <laughs> yep. We caught the SPAC and the uh, Fenway shows. And so for me, and there's like also like a, a kind of crazy interconnectedness that I feel like happened with me reading this book, Elizabeth, because um, I feel like there were things that I was reading, like the stuff about grief that the characters mm. uh, that specifically Sam experienced. Uh, you know, for me last summer, I was going through a major life transition. Um, my family and I had, we were moving from one part of Massachusetts to the other. And so the other being home and I were, yeah. And we were selling our home, moving back to my hometown, both my husband and I starting new jobs and my kids going to new schools, new community. And as that change was happening, my dad suddenly got sick and then he ended up passing away. And, mm -hmm. um, so when you talk about like how Sam was listening to dirt and he got caught in that emotional, um, depth of like feeling his loss and even like thinking he saw his mom. Um, yeah. That's yeah. one thing I think the music does. So that was like, I think globally as fans, we have these moments at shows where we get real deep into a thought or a feeling. And yeah. then like, you can be so deep in it. And then all of a sudden they switch to another song and now you're out of that and feeling something so new mm. and wonderful. So <laughs> right, I, love, right. I loved your ability to do that. And that's something I think the fans will love. But for me personally, like, um, you know, when, when Sam heard life, a life beyond the dream for the first time. And like, I think you say he's with his friends and they're holding hands and it's like such a profound moment. I feel like that song last summer for me became so profound because of my life experience. And I just, you know, obviously if it, if it doesn't like, if I can't drive it home to you about how much I love fish and then loving an opportunity to read a book where all those things I love about the band I love were incorporated. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really trying to send that message to you. Cause I thought it was, Thank it you. was just super cool that way. <sighs> and you know, it just, I I'm overwhelmed. It. I'm overwhelmed right now. Thank <laughs> you. Well, I, and for my family, you know, we took um, the joy of reading it. We were on a road trip this summer and my husband and I, like we just celebrated 20 years married. We took a trip across the country when we graduated high school from college. And here we were doing it with our kids, reading the book aloud. So we laughed <laughs> oh, that's together. So great. Oh, together. oh my God. I love that. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Just, you know, we're teaching our kids. I mean, our kids are becoming music fans. They might not love the music we love. Uh, um, you know, I don't think I'll ever make fans of my daughters, but um, the fact that they love their music. It's Just in like their phone. Yeah. It's, you know, and they that can help it. And they can go into their hip hop, Kid Cudi, rap world. And I'm, <laughs> I'm down. I mean, I'm all about my Travis Scott. But um, <laughs> I am. I, I love, I, you know, because I'm an old Tupac head. So, um, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, having said that, you know, I've busted my kid humming along or singing along with the Grateful Dead. It's in their bones. And, yeah. and I think, you know, music was a huge part of my life. Uh, you know, when the Velvet Underground sing, her life was saved by rock and roll. Like that's sincere for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to be raised not only with classical music and a lot of jazz, 
and and it was really the whole jazz tie-in. I was a huge Coltrane, Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk fan, and that's nice. what engaged me with Fish. Mm-hmm. So it was the whole jazz tie-in that really led me to Fish uh, to begin with, and you know, having music throughout my entire existence stemming, you know, uh, a lot of the Beatles and James Taylor and folk music like that, uh, you know, Carol King and. Uh, Carly Simon, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It was just kind of a natural progression. Did both uh, of you always have music playing growing up in your house? Nonstop. Nonstop. Same thing with me too. You too, Mary? Yeah, absolutely. And in the car and at the pool. You know, I mean, it's just, it surrounded us everywhere. And I've raised my child the same way. We've had music in the house all the time. Like it's the first thing I do in the morning is turn on. Um, oh, you guys, can I talk about that? So I turn on, you know, fish radio. (laughs) I'm going to be doing, I'm hosting a crowd control. I'm hosting a set. I need to get fish radio. You'd think I'd have it. It's ridiculous. I feel like I'm missing out on stuff when I, when I I really, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Schwartz. You know, I, I think he's great. And, uh, Aliza is incredible. Having a first female DJ on fish radio is just fantastic. And she's awesome. Um, and you know, I heard Jonathan, I, I was driving from a friend's house last week and they said it's, it was like, um, bittersweet motel. There's too many guys in the front row. We need girls. So okay. I emailed them and I was like, Hey, so I'm going to, you get to pick five songs, right? Ooh. So I thought, well, what if I picked the five songs of Claire and Sam? Hell yeah, like, girl. Right. And then end it with more. Right. And then and then that's kind of cool because I'm going to choose the more, which is the Alpharetta 2018 show that was shown on May, whatever, you know, like to tie that all together. You're so smart. I love it. I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired. I'm nervous, though. I'm nervous about having to do it, but I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. I'm going to record the whole thing. And um, the guy, the the folks over there at Sirius have been so nice to me and so supportive. I I, now I feel kind of like. Okay, there were two hard things I had to do. I had to do this interview and I have to record that. Yes. And and then I can go back behind my keyboard with my mouth closed and let my my words talk for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this gave you good prep for you know for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna uh Elizabeth, I wanna tell you one one quick thing and then we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna go into uh, I know we've been I don't know. This is great. We're having a great time. So it's awesome. But so we're going to, um, we'll take a quick break and then we'll talk about the beacons. But I don't know if we, if I told you this, but, um, so Mary and I've been together, Mary and I have been together since (laughs) what, 92, I believe. And Mary is responsible for turning me onto fish. So Uh all of our first fish shows, like my first fish shows were with Mary and her older brother, the kind of classic (laughs) way of getting into it. Yeah. You want a girlfriend to go to shows. That's so awesome. Oh yeah. Wonderful. I, love I love that story. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> it's a good love story. <laughs> yeah. And it keeps us and it keeps us connected forever. Right. Every time Yeah, I feel like, you know, when, um, after college and like life had kind of been going on its own path and actually fish was on their hiatus. Um, uh, it was Dawn who, yeah. uh, reached out during, uh, some further shows. Yeah. Um, and so that music always bringing us back, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had some of my best adventures in my life with my my best girlfriend, Amy. Uh, she and I would, you know, tear off on fish together. It was just, it was just so much fun. And we, we laughed about the boys. We would we would call them monkey cats. And uh, <laughs> we said that um, 
that the fifth was just a bunch of crescendos into oblivion with monkey cats just freaking out, right? It was guitar <laughs> peel out music, and that's how we used to describe it. And we would just, you know, tool off and do our thing. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. That Those is were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, it's good. That is good. Definitely. All right. So we are going to take a quick break and then we'll come right back and uh, let's talk about these beacon shows a bit. Sounds good. All right, and we are back, Donnie B, and we're back with Mary and uh, Elizabeth Beck uh, talking about her amazing book, Summer Tour, and her book coming up, which is titled... It's the more world gone mad. Thank you. World got mad. I'm like, I could, I could hear it in my head. I'm like, what is it? Yeah. It's a world right? gone mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and it's elusive. It is elusive. I don't yeah. know why it's elusive. It's like right there, but it's elusive. It's the brilliance of Trey's writing. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, and, and, uh, Real quick, so my whole thing leading into getting into this podcast was I was putting a book together of tour stories, and uh, the the title of the book that I was going to put together before I got into this was uh, "Things Are True That I Forget." So I pulled pulled the uh, you know lyric out of that too. So I love that. Yeah. That's good though. That's really did did that ever get published? That's a good uh, no, title no, because it it led into this. This is that that's it. I was I was working with Tom a little bit on on trying to get on the pod on his podcast, and then all of a sudden he was like, "Oh, I think you should." I'm starting Osiris. You should be the first female podcaster. No idea what I was doing. All I know is I could talk a lot and I know fish and I've got Ryan. And so my producer, so, and here we are. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, you got a good radio voice though too. Yeah. So it's good. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I, as it, like, you know, we've been on, I, I have been on this, uh, you know, podcast hiatus. This is episode 56, but it was three months in between. And, you know, I was starting to get nervous. I was like losing my mojo a little bit. We tried getting in here and uh, we'll, we'll do a lost episode because Jason and Johnny and I came in here one night and uh, recorded an episode. And it ended up just being about aliens and really weird shit. <laughs> like, we're like, we can't. That's not going to be the comeback episode here. So we'll, no, this is going to be... Yeah, this is a good one. This it is. is a good it one. is exactly the other one's just more so like, all right, if you're really into us and you really know like the Johnny, Jason, Donnie like thing, cool, but not as like, hey, we're back and we're going to talk about weird alien shit that's nothing to a fish. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so you know, uh, Trey gifts us this lifeline that I feel not only do all of us need, but he needed it, you know? Like you can, just hearing him and listening to him and his stories and the time he's taking um, in between the songs to really connect and just say what he wants to with no feeling of like a rush or that he has to go anywhere or he has to prove anything or he has to do any, it's, it's like... It's it's a free show, so we're donating to you know uh, you know help out with the Divided Sky Fund, which is going to go to the recovery house uh, in Vermont that he's trying to work on, and and I just feel like it's just you know he feeds you know we all feed each other. It's this organism that's just I know you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, so it's just now, this, you know what's so funny is I think about um, you know. If we got any Hamilton fans in the crowd, like uh, listening, uh, I think about um, 
that line from the musical of how why do you write like you're running out of time it's like I feel like Trey's creativity and I feel like this really was driven home with the documentary um, between oh, yeah. me and my mind, um, you know, just kind of seeing the creative process for him mm-hmm. and this like constant desire to be making music. I mean, even during quarantine, he was giving us little morsels of music that yeah. were inspiring him. And I just feel like, um, he that's just one of the things that makes him such a stellar artist is that he really thrives on the life experiences and i guess you know you start to appreciate how meaningful they are as you age yeah and so taking this opportunity to play in a theater stream live music knowing his community needs it is just um you yes. know, it just speaks volume about him as a person. Yeah, definitely. And well, and and also too, it's like you know, I mean, Tom has just been cranking out lyrics. I I want to say, like between the two of them, I wanted to say close to twenty songs that, and uh, from the beginning of quarantine, that that uh, you know, Tom's written that Trey has just picked right up on, and you know, and so what I was gonna say is about uh, that's kind of interesting, and and we did touch up we touched on this. So I had Tom on right after Sigma Oasis was released. Um, it was the day after, uh, they had released some of the other songs that the Trey had been releasing. Like it was like back to back to back, like 10 songs in a row. Do you guys remember that? Like right at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. So I had Tom on for a minute and, and we talked about the song Corona. And so to start off and to open up this, you know, Beacon series with the song Corona. And I don't know, are you, are either, because I was not familiar with the song really before any of this happened. And so, you know, I was listening to it today and we touched base about it before, but um, did you ladies like kind of hear the lyrics to it at all? Um, No, I'm not as familiar with the lyrics to that one. Yeah. So hang on. Elizabeth, are you there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm looking at here you know open with corona into blaze on i thought that was like really uh, you know a great way to kind of set the tone of what we're doing and where he wants to take it because you know okay so he starts with the corona but then he moves it right into blaze on like hello we're here we're throwing down let's just steal uh what he likes to say a temporary reprieve of gravity right right uh-huh. um and, hang on i'm just, just pulling so up the well corona received. lyrics real quick so okay. Uh, so, okay. So they go, so Tom wrote this, uh, back <clears throat> around 2012 and it was on a, a, uh, just a, a Trey album that was put out. And so the lyrics are, where is the line that I find from time to time, no matter what it's drawn, I stumble on and fall down hard when the sunspots all go Bunsen and the ozone layer burns when all of this is over and the hydrogen returns. How are you going to see me? How are you going to know? Will we stay together? Will the molten plasma flow? When Corona touches oceans, this, this, these next lyrics right here, when the Corona, when Corona touches ocean and the judgment comes at last, when all of this is over and the future meets the past. So then suddenly, the, I might as well, there's only a couple lines of suddenly the sky is gone. The stars are out tonight. How are you going to see me? Do you swear you hold on tight when the sunspots all go Bunsen and the ozone layer burns when all of this is over? So 
today, so I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm like, you know, I forgot about it. I'm like, what did he say last time? So I texted Tom today and I just said, uh, Hey, like, you know, I'm getting in the studio tonight. Uh, I have a question for you. So I said, Trey opened up with the beacon, uh, with the song Corona. This was released in 2012. I find the lyrics to be eerily connected to the pandemic. And I quoted the one that, that four lines there with the Corona touches the ocean line. And I said, uh, you know, what did you, what, um, Hang on a what did you write this song about and has it taken you on a different has it taken on a different meaning for you so he got back to me and he said uh, it was definitely weirdly about a global disaster so I got that part right however the disaster in the song's case was celestial not not of earth origin, like a current right. Corona situation. Yeah. So he said, I, um, I had read about solar flares and how it wasn't outrageous to think that they could reach the earth. Fortunately, the sun is sphere is a sphere and the flares can shoot out in any direction. And it would be extreme bad luck if one such flare would hit us directly. But if it did, it would burn off the, uh, burn off the atmosphere and scorch us severely killing pretty much uh, life instantly on the side of the facing sun. Oh, yeah. So he's like, anyway, I'm glad my prediction uh, didn't come true, but it was very strange to get the right name. So I was like, whoa, like, what, uh, you know, with this song not being in rotation that much, like when did you first think about the song in relation to the pandemic? And he said, instantly we, him and Trey spoke immediately after first hearing the, uh, the word coronavirus. So probably in January, he guesses. So, wow. yeah, right. <laughs> so neat. And then that's the that's the alchemy and the magic that is fish. And, yes. you know, that I was always wanting to capture uh, even in uh, the next manuscript world gone mad. Um, I have one of the characters, you know, at the trade. My characters went to the Bourbon and Beyond Festival, too. And uh, they played Blazon. They're like, this is a blazing. And, before, and then they launched into Blazon and Claire smiled because she's far used to the alchemy that is fish. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about how Trey ended the first uh, of the Fridays with 46 days. And oh. I, la I wrote in the note, ha, sigh. Well, it reminded me of um, the dick shows. Uh, my character streamed the dick shows. And do you guys remember? That was the prairie dog plague. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Fleeing, oh. Right. So at that time, everybody was freaking out it was way before anybody heard about COVID. Right. This was in August. Yeah. They, they, they said, OK, we're going to have the show. This year, this this past, yeah, August of 19. Yeah, and then, oh and my then God. Trey actually uh, they played free, but they replaced the word flee yes. with free. <laughs> and so my characters talk about this, this pandemic, this, you know, prairie dog flea thing. And, um, and, and they say, you know, and what, what everybody was saying on social media, there's no plague that I could ever stop fish. Uh, there's oh. no plague. Crazy. And it's like, it was so prophetic. And, and, and they, those are the words that I stole right off of social media and put in my manuscript that was mm -hmm. happening in August. And then lo and behold, you know, we were holding our breasts and, you know, of course, everything had to be canceled. I yeah. mean, and I just think that I always say this when artists, um, are, uh, are courageous enough to make art, to take the risk of making art, that's when magic happens. Mm. Right. And it, it's just really an incredible process um, to participate in and to watch, you know, a lot of Trey's things, uh, take off, take off, take off your mask, mm -hmm. Sigma Oasis. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, right. have your which oh, of course- Rescue you know, Squad, right? Rescue okay, Squad. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. We all so, need a Rescue Squad. Right? That second, yeah, the 1016, okay, I thought 10-9 was great, but 1016 blew my mind. And 
I like grabbed a picture immediately when Jeff got out there to play Divided Sky with the oh. deconstructed, just Trey and Jeff on the piano. And I mean, they, this was before he brings out the strings. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I'm like laughing, like, how many times can I post on Facebook about <laughs> fish in one night? Right. Right. So I, I just left it. But it was like there was something about that deconstructed divided sky. And I think these these anthems are are, are pretty significant to all of us. Right. We've got we've got um, divided sky. We have petrichor. We have drift while you're sleeping. I mean, that's just to name, you know, just to start off. Right. And sure. I, I think that they're you know, there's such opportunity. Uh, and watching how Trey has evolved from his Broadway experience on Hands mm-hmm. on Hard Body with Jeff, uh, who that was who, you know, helped compose that. Do you think and, that that um, piano piece was written specifically for the other night? Or do you think that Trey kind of pulled that in from his or, um, his orchestra uh, performances? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows how the two of them, I don't yeah. know, because I couldn't write that. I don't have that information. But you know, seeing Trey come more confident in his Broadway side, right? So going back to Madison Square Garden with the clones, uh-huh. the children's choir, like he's using the, the the vocals now, not just as backup singers, but as actual other instruments now. Ah, yeah, so, yeah. So when you hear the children singing in Drift While You're Sleeping, like someone makes you giggle because it's really funny. Like, we don't need no ride, so step aside. We don't need no ride, the kids say. You know, uh-huh. it's just so yeah. funny. But on the other hand, it's like Trey's just, I don't know. I, I think he's finding this confidence to going back to his, basically his childhood and being mm-hmm. raised in Broadway and having that confidence to say, yeah, I'm going to take it to this next level and and feed it to him and see, see what happens with that. And of course we're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll take it. Except for the kids who don't like it. I mean, they don't, some kids, they don't like all Not, of this evolved stuff that Trey's doing. Yeah. No, no, no. My, so my husband, so Jason's definitely much more of a, like a dirty fish guy. So like Karini, he wants the like hard stuff, you know, and which is interesting because I never was into Karini. Yeah. <laughs> see, I love Karini now, but before I met Jason 10 years ago I wanted nothing to do with the really hard fish I wasn't into it at all I was so always into like the sweet love songs all of that kind of stuff so with the other night for him though with the strings and all of that like the not into it but I'm sitting there just like oh this is so beautiful you know well, like, I mean, did that rhythm guy that zero guy at least redeem the show for your husband because that dude is wild he that is unreal mm. unbelievable I love that now, I've been practicing djembe drumming and West African rhythms with a drummer in town, Trip Rotten, who's phenomenal. Reminds me of Zero a little bit. That guy is off the chain. Like, I don't even know if I've seen all of those rhythm instruments. Um, it, he is just so much fun. Yeah, it he pulled out a djembe at one point. One of the nights. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. to the truth. You, um, girls, don't you love how shade is almost becoming like the new waste love romance right. wedding yes. song. I love that. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yes. Um, it's yummy. The sand. So today I was listening to it. It's in, and, and I went back and I listened to a fish sand and mm-hmm. I was, cause I'm like, what is it? Like, obviously, I mean, there's the core difference of what's going on here. Like the girls aren't that, you know, the, um, the horns aren't there. And then obviously it's not fish, you know, so we've, you know, the dramatic, you know, two big, two big things there with, you know, but you know, when we were listening to, we we're trying to figure out like, what is it that is, to me that was like, but this big difference was sand. So, um, uh, Tony, when he plays sand, he literally the entire song 
plays the same line. So it's the dun, 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 like that over and over where Mike is all over the place with it. And I don't know what like exactly like, you know, I guess it's, that's just the difference as far as that piece is concerned. Right. But listening to Sand the other night versus listening to, you know, just the other night, kind of like a, a different Sand from just last year or whatever. Um, to me, that was the the big difference. Um, and I'm wondering, like, where are the okay, horns? Yeah. No. So, Don, mm-hmm. let's, you know, like, let's tie into that. What about that water in the sky? Mm. Okay, with the, not only do we have strings, but we make it into this like hee haw. <laughs> yeah, and I can say that being a Kentucky girl down here, right? I know I love my little bit of bluegrass. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, it, it was like the strangest, you know, uh, arrangement of water in the sky I've ever heard in my entire life, mm. and it was awesome. It was phenomenal. But how weird! To have that kind of, you know, Western vibe to it with strings, mm-hmm. with violins. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just genius. I mean, who does that? Right. That's awesome. I know. I so, so I yeah, I, I, I posted um, a um a poll on Twitter today, uh, asking asking people like, uh, what do you think is definitely because I really I thought the second week I thought every week was going to be different. I was very very surprised it was the same four, which was great, you know, with uh Russ Lawton and uh, Cyro and Tony and Ray, um, but I'm I'm just dying to see like when. When is the rest of the boys going to come on? Like, is Oyster Head going to play? Is Ghost of the Forest is going to play? You know, that kind of thing. And it was a, only time will tell. I know. Only time will tell. <laughs> it's so yeah, exciting. I think that's what's so cool. I, you know, we look at the last two songs um, of Friday. Yep. And Trey leaves us with Miss You and Ghost. So oh. we're haunted. The whole poltergeist thing's right. coming out. So he's got all the kids streaming poltergeist. Oh, sure. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, I mean, you know, make no mistake, none of these things he does by accident. Right. So you're right. exactly right. So what does he do? He has the, the core. Okay, this is what we're going to be running with on 10-9. And then on 10-16, we're going to bring in then strings because we've had uh, our pianist guy, uh, Jeff, on both 10-9 and 10-16. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the sky's the limits. It's, you know, it could blow up. And evolve, which is really good because that you know that's why we're going to tune right back in and see what's going to happen next. Oh, I mean, it's everything right now, you know. I'm mm-hmm. going to mention one more the the guitar solo that uh, for the first night, the song "Darken Down." Uh, when you all get a chance, if you have if you haven't listened, or even if you haven't listened, and this isn't uh, strike a, a you know chord or whatever, so around three minutes and forty seconds till pretty much the end of the song, it is the sexiest most delicious tray <laughs> like, <laughs> like dirty tray like mm, yep yep i do ya. <laughs> John, that was pre-haircut right. i liked his cute little haircut I, know. <laughs> I like his hair and i like you know what else i liked i like how feminist he is because he read one of the comments or whatever he's like oh yeah did sue make me cut my hair he's like no no you know, I was like, all right, on, it. man. I hate that whole patriarchal <laughs> construct of the woman wanting to cut his hair. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm shutting that down. Yeah. 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 I no. love that. Not- I think that's so cool. Did, and- um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do have, you know, I, I do want to say I really, really support uh, this Divided Sky Fund and yes. this endeavor. Um, I, I'd like to make an offer to this this effort. It's, it's a very small offer, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to make the offer. Um, I'm going to offer that for every book that's ordered of summer tour, paperback, not Kindle, the actual paperback book, mm-hmm. 
I will donate uh, if you that night on Friday. So we're talking about what do we got? Six more weeks, right? Yep. So starting ten twenty three for every single Friday, every penny of profit up to a thousand dollars, I'm going to donate a hundred percent of the profit of summer tour. Oh wow! Paperback. Wow. Yes, girl. So, so the show opens up on on enter every Friday. I will open that sales report on KDP. And the minute you start ordering, ordering the book, not the Kindle thing for five fifty five. Yeah, okay? <laughs> the actual paperback book. Yeah. Okay. And and from that moment that the show starts at eight o'clock until midnight, every order, a hundred percent of the money will go right to divided sky fund that is awesome so i'm in what we're gonna do with that is we're gonna put that in the show notes and then i'm definitely gonna plug that as we go so we'll work on that narrative and but because that that's just freaking awesome i mean that's that's the thing i've been trying to like you know really uh you know convey to people is that like you know we're not buying tickets right now and this webcast is free as right, as right. tough as it is, we all have the money in our pockets, so we can all donate right. like a little bit each week, and it all makes a difference, you know. And and um, yeah, so um, uh, so Sounds Elizabeth, great. that is super kind of you. I'm really excited that you just said that, and we will uh, definitely, uh, like I said, put that in the show notes and and promote that. But um, so ladies, oh my goodness, I I could like talk to. you. All forever. <laughs> this has been great. Thank you so much for yeah. all of this. It's been such a great way to spend some time and talking and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, getting and I, all excited about the rest of the Beacon shows. This is just great. And I'm looking forward to reading, you know, I'm going to have to read some of that poetry, Elizabeth. I mean, um, oh, you. you know, certainly the book that naturally was appealing, but knowing you've got some fish lyrics intertwined. Yeah. I'm going to have to... Uh, push myself to read beyond my usual scope of uh, <laughs> read some poems. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. a little more culture. <laughs> Plug your things, uh, Elizabeth. What are your books and your websites and how can we find you and how can people buy things from you and read your things? Sure. Yeah, I have a website and it's my name at the beginning of my name, Eliz, and then the end of my name, Beck, E-L-I-Z-B-E-C-K mm-hmm. uh, dot com. Mm-hmm. So if you go there, um, you can find all the links for my books and, um, you know, you can purchase those. Uh, summer tour is available on paperback as well as Kindle. And the Kindle price is five fifty five. And yes, that was on purpose. Of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, somebody asked me that. Did you do that on purpose? I, I was uh, no, like, not at all. Uh, crickets. It was I actually, they came up with four twenty first, <laughs> And so I figured I'd... <laughs> Fun. It's you know I I've learned so much in the process of self publishing and you know I'm a snobby academic girl I did not want to go that route at all and I'm so grateful I did mm-hmm. uh, I was a copy editor I was the 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 social media chairperson I was the marketing tool lady I was you know I did all of it and and it was I think that was probably really really helpful in my career of writing. Um, I published a book of poetry last year called Painted Daydreams, a a collection of ecrastic poems by Accents Publishing. Um, I have a chapbook called Interiors from Finishing Line uh, Publishing here in Kentucky. And then I have a feminist collection of poetry called Insignificant White Girl from Mm -hmm. Evening Street Press. All right. 
Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you, both of you, for joining us. Elizabeth, um, we really appreciate you uh, being part of Female Centrics. And I'm super psyched. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for for uh, connecting us with that into your book as well. It really made uh, made me feel really special. And I know Mary too, when she was, uh, she sent that off to me as well. So, um, and Mary, as always, it is a pleasure too. Oh, thanks so much. Have me on here anytime. Anytime I'm talking about fish, it's like my favorite thing. So thanks so much, Donnie. Love it always. And of course, spending time with you. Uh, yes, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. I know. And I love it that our girls, uh, so we both have teenagers and they're 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 becoming friends now too. And it's just really cute. It's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. That's good. That's next yep. generation. Yeah. So, yep. all right. Well, everybody, thank you so much. And uh, yes, Female Centers is off of its hiatus and we are back. And uh, we'll be continuing to talk about the Beacon uh, shows and we've got some exciting uh, projects coming up in the near future with Osiris so please check us all out and again check out Elizabeth Beck's uh, work at I just wrote elizbeck.com so thank you everybody peace and love thank you bye bye